This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, y'all, you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, and today we're going to share an episode from our friends at another NPR show, Alt Latino. For this one, we're going to go all the way back to the year 1978. Jimmy Carter was president. The United States of America and the People's Republic of China have agreed to recognize each other and to establish diplomatic relations as of January The movie Grease had just hit theaters. Sandy! Tell me about it, Steph. And across the pond, the first baby conceived via IVF was born. Nineteen seventy-eight was also the year Elvis Costello and the Attractions released an album called This Year's Model. Now, more than four decades later, Elvis Costello and the Grammy-winning producer Sebastian Chris have revisited that iconic album, and they've breathed new life into it with the help of Latin artists. The result is called Spanish Model. It dropped back in September. And unlike its predecessor, all the songs are in, you guessed it, Spanish. I will let my colleagues from Alt Latino take it from here. Enjoy. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. Yes, that is British musician Elvis Costello you are listening to on Alt Latino. His 1978 album, This Year's Model, is considered one of the great rock albums of that era. A stripped-down, powerful album full of very literate songwriting and plenty of in-your-face attitude. That is a track from a new album that reimagines that classic album completely in Spanish. This is the Colombian musician Juanes covering Pump It Up. The record is called Spanish Model, and it features 16 tracks performed by 16 different Latin musicians and singers who recorded new vocals over the original tracks performed by Elvis Costello and the Attractions almost 45 years ago. Multi-Grammy and Latin Grammy-winning producer Sebastian Krisch worked with Elvis Costello on the album, and they joined me via Zoom to talk about the record. I started the interview by asking Elvis Costello and Sebastian Chris where the idea came from. I think it came like a, a bolt of lightning to me. We had a reason to remix one of the songs for a television show for the HBO series The Deuce. Somewhere in that discovery uh, that the tapes were in good order, I had this, I, I want to say, dream. came to me in a moment, and I said, why not every track? And then, by the way, let, how about in Spanish? And I waited for Sebastian to tell me that it was a crazy idea. But I knew that he had the experience, having been born in Latin America and brought up in very Spanish city like Miami, and had worked with so many great Spanish-speaking artists, who better could advise me whether this was a foolhardy notion not speaking Spanish myself, I had to trust his judgment about the wit, the integrity, and the heart of the musicians that we might invite to be part of this. And 
Yeah, how were those artists selected? First, I was taken aback by the idea. I mean, Elvis called and said, you know, we want to do this. And I kind of go, thought to myself, well, this is crazy. And then I thought, well, this is crazy. Let's do it. And what we tried to do was think about several things. One is what voice would work with the song. Then we thought about should we have a male singer or a female singer sing the song and give it a different twist and perspective? Should we turn the song into a duet? You know, and, and things of that nature to make it really a new record and not just a version of the old record. And that's how we started arriving at Singers. Okay, let's hear one of those singers. This is Nina Diaz. Okay, we're going to hear some of the music from the album on this week's show, but for legal reasons, we can't play the entire song. The album has been released and is available on streaming services, so you can check it out there. And you should. Elvis, I'm sure many of our listeners would be curious about your connections to musicians in the Latin music world and how that played out in putting this album together. Those artists that I was aware of, I could count on them as a starting place, but then to become introduced to all these other singers. I mean, I met Vito Paez when we went to Buenos Aires for the first time in 2003. He threw a party for us to welcome us to, 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 to Argentina. It's the only time I've ever played there. Now, that was an act of generosity. He then it got Pete Thomas to play drums on his next record. You know, I mean, it's not as if this idea had never occurred that there would be some exchange of musical ideas. When I heard that version of Radio Radio... I was sort of somewhere listening to it with a lot of background noise and I suddenly heard him sing my name and I thought, my name is not in the lyrics nor is the word whiskey. He's clearly singing another story and he is. He's singing about something that's happening now. So he's taken the song and put it right in the present moment with a lot of wit and a lot of heart, you know, and not a little bit of mischief. Okay, here is Vito Paez doing Radio Radio or Radio Radio. Okay, let's do a quick run-through of some of the tracks from the album with Elvis. Uh, Sebastian introduced me to, to La Marsol and to La Santa Cecilia, and uh, Marisol came and sang with us, with the imposters and I. Then she recorded a verse in Argentine Spanish for a song called Cinco Minutos con Vos on Wise Up Ghost, and I sang on Losing Game on their record in English, so it was already a process that was underway. Then, like, like Sebastian says, you get incredible transformations like Kami reversing the perspective of this year's girl. It's 
Francesco and Luis Umberto bringing very melodious voices to something like Hand in Hand that is, for me, a lot of attitude to my vocal. I mean, I can tell you that I, I, this original record was recorded in 11 days, either side of my first trip to America. And I can tell which songs were recorded before I left for America and which songs were recorded when I got back. Because the ones that are, that, that are really, the singing is almost overpowered by attitude in the voice are the ones after I'd been to America and had my head somewhat turned by that experience. So to hear two young people sing this melody I wrote 43 years ago and bring the tune out primarily bring the melody out in the, with the lovely tone of their voices was a wonderful surprise. And of course you can even have that with a powerful rock and roll track. Coming up, Elvis Costello describes how wanting to be heard on the BBC helped influence his sound. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. It's called Protein Degradation. And if you're a bad protein in a cancer cell, you'd better get your affairs in order. Because now, thanks to Dana-Farber's foundational work, protein degradation can target cancer-causing proteins and destroy them right inside the cell. This approach is making a difference in multiple myeloma and other blood cancers and is how Dana-Farber is working to treat previously untreatable cancers. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. I use that word rock and roll because we were never in rock music. We were making, in 1978, pop records to be on the BBC. We didn't even know whether we could get heard in America, much less in Latin America. We weren't concerned with our contemporaries from 1977 because most of them were not in the charts, and we were, you know? We had a brief moment where we were almost... The Boomtown Rats and the Jaminas were alone in the charts alongside ABBA and the Bee Gees. We didn't think other than to be heard on the BBC... So what we made were pop records with a rock and roll beat. So to me, it's no contradiction for a big pop singer like like Sebastian Yatra to bring everything about what he does, like his great voice, he has a great singing voice, he's also got a lot of presence, like a pop singer's presence, he's an appealing-looking guy, a very handsome fellow, and make a completely new, almost joyful story out of a song that, for me, sounded like on the edge of strangling somebody. You can have both. One isn't better than the other. They operate for different audiences and say something hopeful. Eat the rush, 
Next up, Puerto Rican vocalist Draco Rosa. Sebastian, you called me and said, uh, Draco wants to speak with you. It's really important. He want, And he, he, we got on the phone and, and Draco said, can I do anything I want? I said, yeah. He said, okay. And that was the end of the conversation. And that's what you hear. You hear him taking a very determined, very willful line with my melody, totally his own delivery, playing with the lyrics, playing with the words. Latin music's poet laureate Jorge Drexler covered the track Night Rally. And that's what we wanted. So that, when I heard that, I went, now we're about it. You've got this very beautiful writer like Drexler giving great thought and heart to this song about the fear of tyranny or, and fascism. <laughs> Okay, now let's talk about language. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, either Sebastian or Elvis. Like, One of the things that the record is known for is it establishes you, Elvis, as, as a deeply intuitive and literate songwriter. So how did you handle this translation? Well, initially, I think Sebastian should answer that because he had the first conversations and then he put me in touch. So Sebastian, explain yeah. how that process worked. First, we made the decision to have it be adapted and not translated. Think of it when you adapt a book to to a film. You know, you're you're trying to tell the same story, but there may be some things that need to change in order to make it work uh, for for another format. And in this case, you know what you can say in English in three or four syllables. In Spanish, it takes ten. And with music, the voice is a percussive instrument, so you you can't have free reign. Or at least in our in our thought processes, we have to respect the cadence of the voice. So we have to adapt the lyric uh, and the idea of the lyric to fit that cadence. And I think that for me, it was about retaining the essence of the lyric and reinterpreting it in Spanish, uh, but making it poetic in Spanish. And we've all heard literal translations of songs and, and gone like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, and but and, but you can say, can't you, Sebastian? La Chica Hoy contains the same idea as this right. year's girl. It's not literally the same phrase, but but it's the idea. The girl today, it it means the girl who we're all looking at, and that's what that song is. Then it, if anything, it takes on a different strength when you when everything else said in the song is from the perspective of the of the woman who's actually being observed. Um, I think that a few choices like that were, were effective. Obviously, we also have to note there were times when to remove the English language uh, hook would have been completely destructive to the power of the song. This is Raquel Sofia and Fuego doing I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea.
Stick around. Coming up, Elvis Costello talks about nostalgia and how he is not into it at all. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When voters talk during an election season, we listen. We ask questions, we follow up, and we bring you along to hear what we learned. Get closer to the issues, the people, and your vote at the NPR Elections Hub. Visit npr.org slash elections. Elvis, I've read that you're not one to look back very much, but what was the process like for you in looking back at the music for this project? I can hear in the choice of words and the choice of music and the experiences that um, uh, are reflected in these songs in their original draft in English. I know where the bodies are buried, so to speak. I know which hearts I broke, which mistakes I made, which romances I stumbled into that made these things come come to life in for better or for worse i can't hold on to that and i obviously haven't when i sing the songs today in english in my show they are in the moment something that's happening there and then i don't i'm not in the slightest bit nostalgic about anything i've ever done and i think this record is the proof of that because you would be too um, protective of the original idea to ever let this happen i don't know another group that's ever attempted this and I frankly don't think there's another group that could stand the scrutiny, of, certainly not of our generation, not of our 77, kind of class of 77. You couldn't even do this. The, the tracks would fall apart without the lead vocal. Um, so there's that aspect of it. There's a certain amount of pride in it now, but I'm not in any way casting back trying to remind myself the way I felt. You can hear how I felt. That's what's in the original record. What I hear now are all the perspectives of all these artists in conjunction with our performances and Sebastian's incredible mix. I, it's it's an act of generosity, but I really do stress the wit, the heart, the integrity of these people. Anybody that thinks we just got a pin and stuck it in the top ten Latin acts, you know, the fact that some of these artists have massive success and audiences... They stand shoulder to shoulder with people who have very smaller but very passionate audiences, people who are newly on the scene and breaking through. That's exactly where I was standing in 1978. We were, you know, every record we released from late 77 to 81, I think 80, was a top 30 record. Some of them top 10, some of them top 5. Every, every single we released. Every record, the three albums, four albums that we released in that time were all top 10 albums. But in America, that process was much slower because the country is much bigger. We didn't have any chart success until we were already forgotten as pop musicians in England. So I've never felt nostalgic in that sense because time has always been out of joint in terms of pop music for me. The little bit of infamy that I had in pop music in England was just in that late 70s period. And my career has largely been around the world since they're not limited to the shores of the United Kingdom. I left there 30 years ago. You know, I haven't gone back. I love certain things about it, but I live in the world, or 
and more especially live in the present moment because you don't have possession of anything else. That's the truth of it. You have always struck me as as a musical adventurer. Uh, your stuff with Bert Bacharach, the, the wonderful work you did with uh, Alan Toussaint. You know, you just you have, you know, as 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 the musicians say, you have big ears, and and I want to congratulate both of you on this because the record is just just fabulous for all the reasons that you talked about the artists that chose their interpretations uh, and just the work on on a fabulous record to begin with. Thank you, and I mean, I really do think. As much as, you know, if my big face is looming up on the front of this record, it's all of those voices and all of those artists and all their talents. But the person who wouldn't happen without Sebastian, because his, his, um, uh, you know, insight into the strengths of these individual voices and presenting them to me, he said, can you imagine this? Okay, this song is really different, but can you hear this voice? And then we would have two or three choices and we'd settle... And then, of course, there were there was the puzzle of when you know people's availability and their understanding. We should we should mention the other uh, writers as well, Zimena Munez and and Elston Torres, who helped uh, and Vega, who helped with the uh, adaptations of the lyrics where the vocalist perhaps didn't feel confident to make the that transition uh, all on their own. In some cases, they preferred to have a a, a, a lyric presented to them, but that's why we've got such a varied um, a collection of different perspectives because we've got lots of different minds on this both the singers group dynamic duo dynamic men and women writers and singers producers and and songwriters you know that's a lot of different minds to bring together on something and have it most of all enjoy it you know enjoy it don't be so afraid enjoy it your old copy of this year's model will not be erased by listening to this. You know, it's a different game. It also speaks to the big ears of Latin America, the whole continent, because I think people's, people don't understand it. People who are from outside of the country, outside of the cultures, don't understand that, you know, we listen to everything, man. Well, and, and I, I think that, that to that point, Felix, you know, being able to to shine a light on on Elvis's great work through these voices um, was really important uh, to to everybody involved. Um, you know, to to the writers, to me, to to the artists, to be able to just just you know, hopefully, you know, have it open the door for people to discover this amazing artist that that is sitting here, you know, in front of us, I think, you know, if we, if we get one person, you know, to me, it's like mission accomplished, you know? Yeah. That's the way I feel. I mean, we've been knocking on the door and we haven't had the opportunity to visit so many of these countries, Spain, a little bit. I've had a very unusual career there in Spain with some people really knowing all of my work, but curious things like the Juliet letters, having a specific constituency of listeners there. And I toured, places in Spain that I never would have visited with a rock and roll band. And that was very curious to me. Um, so that, of course, is a possibility. Some, you know, that, that, that the countries where I haven't visited, we would be ready to go just as soon as people were ready to invite us. You know, we've always been ready to go. And, uh, you know, three of the people that played on this record are in my band now. You know, that's... We, we 
we have access to this music along with all the other music that's come in the 43 years later including the records that we're making right now you know we're making music right now that you haven't heard yet so uh that's that's the what that's what i mean about the present moment being the one i can't predict the future any more than i can own the past it's just it's not important what's happening is what we're doing right now the here and now for sure but but what about the past have you toured in latin america before no we we had one tour that was due to go to mexico and colombia and back to Buenos Aires, and it, and then something happened, and it, and the, the, you know, very delicate balance of needing all of the shows to fall into place. The only time I've ever, just one show in Buenos Aires, and the other, of course, large country that doesn't share the Spanish language is Brazil. I've been there twice, but the first time there, I was singing the music of Charles Mingus. I wasn't even singing my own songs. I was singing with the Mingus Big Band at a jazz festival. So. You know, that that's what I say. Sometimes other music carries you to other countries. I mean, my people's knowledge of me as a vocalist is, in some countries, is based on a, a movie song that I sang 20 years ago or more. Uh, she by Charles Aznavour was in a big hit movie. Now, that's what they know of me in Korea and the Philippines and maybe some places in Latin America too, but that movie was a huge worldwide hit movie and I was on the end titles. So because my records, my own records, have never had any success in those countries, they think I'm a ballad singer. They have no idea I'm in a rock and roll band, you know. So that's all right. It gets me through the door. Then I make my own case when I get there, you know. So if this record at least explains some sort of starting point, this is the first record that the, that I, where the band I was actually in made this record. Now before that, I was lucky to have people accompanying me as a songwriter on My Aim Is True. In 1978, 77 actually, where we began the recording, we made this with the attractions, of which myself, Pete Thomas and Steve Naive are still in my group today. And isn't that a great thing to say? You know, not only are the songs re renewed by this transformation by the Spanish artist, but we are still here to tell you about it, you know? And we're all in Jose Tion's wonderful documentary, which is a, a beautiful thing, very funny, not at all the pompous sort of, um, oh, back in the days of punk, they, these iconic, you know, iconoclastic, you know, whatever they say in those kind of documentaries. We're not doing that. We're telling the story at the same speed as it happened because, I, you know, that's the way it is for these people as well. They've had this invitation and they've responded to it and they've done it with wit and they haven't overthought it. They just brought themselves to the to the studio. That's all we want. That's all we need. Elvis Costello and Sebastian Chris, thank you so much for joining us here in Alt Latino. Much success on the album, and we hope you, you are both welcome back to Alt Latino anytime. Together, separately, just hang out and talk about music. All right, let's do that. Right, Thanks, do Felix. That. My thanks again to Elvis Costello and producer Sebastian Chris. And also thanks to Palabra, the digital outlet of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. You can hear more about the making of this album and some of the musicians who performed on this album in a piece written by Marisa Arbona Ruiz on the Palabra website, palabranahj.org. You've been listening to All Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras. Thank you so much for listening. Again, be careful, folks. Keep your distance. 
Vax up. Stay safe. Thanks again to my friends over at Alt Latino. They originally produced this episode. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to Alt Latino wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, come back here on Friday for more of It's Been a Minute. For that episode, we want to hear the best things that have happened to you this year. Just record yourself and send the file to us via email at samsanders at npr.org. All right, until Friday, thanks for listening. Be good to yourselves. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.